episode 29, January 2015. In this episode, Mark Simonson talks about his process of designing typefaces, how he names them, and the difficulties and joys of designing fonts. Can you talk us through your process when you design a new typeface? Well, uh, it varies somewhat. Uh, it depends. Uh, like I've done some revivals, and that's more a matter of uh, you know scanning and original design. Uh, like the original design and then tracing over it uh, in a way that tries to capture the uh, the design. But if I'm doing something original, um, I usually start with uh, rough sketches, uh, mainly to get the idea down. Uh, they're more like notes. Um, I don't generally, I have sometimes uh, drawn tight, tighter sketches. And sometimes if it's a difficult letter, like uh, very complicated you know ampersand or or something like that I may uh, draw it on paper because it's uh, sometimes easier to draw things uh, with a pencil or pen than it is to uh, you know uh, place points on a bezier curve on a computer screen um, but it's really more be just because that's what I did all my life uh, whereas you know, working with Bezier curves is more of a recent thing. Uh, although at this point, it's been uh, 30, almost 30 years that I've been working with Bezier curves. So um, it's become almost as, as second nature as drawing with a uh, pencil. But um, once I have the, the basic design worked on on paper, uh, kind of planning it out what the, what the key uh, letters in the font are going to look like, um, uh, maybe I should back up a little bit and just say where where the ideas come from because uh, I don't always. I mean, it's, I guess we're sort of presuming that the uh, a, some particular idea exists that that I'm uh, you know designing. Uh, in a lot of cases, people have uh, some sort of design brief uh, to work from. Uh, that's not usually the case for me. I don't do a lot of commissions. I have done some, um, but uh, mostly I'm interested in uh, creating typefaces that I wish existed myself, that ones that I would like to use myself if in my own work. Um, so like, for instance, Proxima Nova, or Proxima Sans before that, um, I had sort of some, some visual ideas uh, uh, for, for a sans serif that... Um, Again, during one of these boring meetings, this time back in the early 80s, uh, I had some, was sort of playing around with this idea of doing sort of a Futura-like typeface, um, but more modern. And uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, I sort of revisited it and um, uh, was kind of imagining a typeface that would be... Uh, just a very plain kind of workhorse kind of typeface um, that could, you know, maybe take the place of Helvetica or something like that, uh, be an alternative. Um, and I had the idea of, um, you know, something that was maybe a little bit like, I, I was sort of had 
certain things I liked about certain typefaces. Like, I like the general proportions of Helvetica and the kind of geometric uh, uh, kind of characteristics of typefaces like Futura and certain uh, other typefaces like News Gothic. Uh, I like the way that the kind of the some of the details in that and um and so i had this idea for the lowercase that would be kind of uh geometric and uppercase that would also be kind of ge more geometric than say helvetica but um uh and so i kind of had this idea sort of working around and then i was working on this magazine at the time and i was using gill sans as a sans serif in the type in the magazine um but there was something about it that, I mean, it was Gil Sands is kind of a very British looking typeface. And I wanted something that had more of an American feel to it. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but um, and, and this, this typeface idea that I've been working on seemed to fit the bill. So I finished that and uh, created an early version of Proxima uh, that I used in that magazine in the early 90s. Um, and then eventually released that as uh, Proxima Sans. So that's kind of where that, that idea came from. And uh, in that case, most of the design work w happened in Illustrator. Uh, that was before I was really very uh, skilled with a, uh, the type design software. But, um, uh, you know, I was very much trying to do something that would be... Uh, you know, suitable for lots of, sort of a workhorse sans serif, I guess, and something that uh, I could use in my own work. And, um, and that's kind of where that came from. How do you name your typefaces? Um, well, that's a tricky, part, tricky thing to do. Uh, uh, I guess, first of all, I, um, as I'm, I try to avoid names that have already, already been used, of course, um, which is becoming increasingly difficult. Uh, I think there's, I don't know, several hundred thousand fonts in the, uh, that have been released in, uh, in the market now. Uh, you sort of wish that the ones were, that weren't very good, that they would just withdraw them so you can, so that makes a name available again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I try to come up with a name that, uh, I guess fits the design of the font in some way, uh, but at the same time uses uh, letters that uh, show off the design of the font. Uh, like I think a name like um, like Ohio would be a terrible name for a typeface because it's just all very generic looking characters. Uh, so I try to try to come up with a name that at least shows a few of the more distinctive characters. Um, something that's not too long because of technical limitations within uh, font software or, or operating systems. Uh, if you have a name that's very long and then you start adding you know, condensed and italic and everything, you end up with very long uh, uh, font names and that can cause problems with the system software. It shouldn't, but it does. Uh, actually, modern operating systems don't have a problem. It's just like older, like Windows XP and things like that have trouble. Uh, old versions of the Mac OS have trouble with it, things like that. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and I try to, and, and it, I also try to think of it, uh, a name that would be uh, easy to search on the web. Um, I think there's some really interesting names that people have chosen for typefaces that are terrible for searching on the web. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine, uh, Gary Munch, has a 
typeface called really, R-E-A-L-L-Y, just the word, re- the name, just the pl- ordinary English word really. And I, I, I don't know how you would ever find that on the web. Uh, and of course, he probably designed that before web search became a big thing. So I try to come up, try to think of something that would be like I'd actually try Googling the name before I uh, choose it uh, and see what comes up uh, already. Uh, in fact, uh, one of my typefaces, uh, Coquette, uh, I originally wanted to call that Ruby, Ruby Script. Now, this is in uh, like 2001 when I designed it, and I, had, I didn't know anything about the programming language Ruby at the time. Uh, but when I Googled that name, Ruby Script, just to see if something like that already existed, I discovered, oh man, there's this like programming language in Japan that's becoming really popular that's called Ruby. And, uh, and it's a scripting language, and so that'd be a terrible name. Uh, so I scrapped that and uh, looked for a different name. And, uh, and I think Coquette actually is a better name anyway. But uh, yeah, that's our daughter's name is Ruby, so that's partly why I chose that, and I just like the name. But uh, I found that Coquette is actually a pretty good name, too, because it has uh, uh, some of the distinctive letters that are in the font. Um, it's a sort of a French script, so having a French name uh, is appropriate. And, uh, um, and, it's kind of, and it's kind of cheeky, you know. Yeah, and I enjoy uh, names of fonts that are a little bit on the playful side. Uh, uh, it's sort of a marketing thing, I think. You know, if it is a name that's, uh, you know, has a certain associations with it that uh, helps sell the font, I guess. That's a good, it's a plus. What is difficult about your work? Um, I guess the boring bits, uh, <laughs> which are uh, like uh, doing all the kerning. Uh, I sort of there, there are some tools to make kerning easier um, or at least less uh, uh, tiresome. Um, things like class kerning, uh, but there's also uh, tools like uh, uh, I've used a. Uh, 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 Tal Lemming, who used to be at House Industries, uh, made a app called uh, Metrics Machine, which is which is amazing for uh, makes it much easier to do kerning. Um, or at least it doesn't make it easier; it just takes a lot of the drudgery out of it. Um, it you still have to do. In fact, it, a lot of times I find that using that program I end up I end up making many more kerning pairs than I might might have otherwise. And what is joyful about your work? I think doing the uh, initial drawings of the letters, uh, especially the A through Z, upper and lower case, and the numbers, uh, that's really the most fun part of designing a font. Um, and then seeing it, uh, seeing the letters uh, sort of assembled into words, and looking at how it how it fits together, and and really, really refining that that part of the design. Once you get past the letters and numbers, and you start getting into the punctuation and accents and math symbols that then it starts getting less interesting <laughs> and it's part of it what makes it less interesting is that you know that many of those characters will never be used or very rarely used and so uh so it almost seems like a waste of time even to work on them and or to spend a lot of time on them <laughs> 